Hey guys. Been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without the dope podcast. Nope. I was going to do something and then you took the reins. What and I you thought, because you're usually better at that than me. I know. I was, so, I'm rusty. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without a dope. I was going to say podcast too, I guess. So you had nothing to add? I, I probably was going to say podcast as well, but I was going to say it. Ah, it's been a long way. time. We shouldn't have left you without a dope pod to check to? Nope. Without a dope podcast to no, pod commute is too- with? No. Without a dope. We're not rhyming. No, it's not rhyming at without all. A dope, without a dope crew to listen to? No. Without a dope. No. It's potty to nope. It's too many to syllables. Podcast. Pod to bop to. Without no. a dope pod to laugh at. No. No, baby, it needs to rhyme. I know. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope pod to check you, check you, check 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 you, check you. Fick it, fick it. Oh, you're doing that one. I don't know. You're not even doing the original one. No, I, I don't know which one we were doing. There's Timbaland. There's Rakim. I was I doing Rakim. Oh. That's why I was kind of, it's been a long time. I didn't do the, it's been a long time. Like, you know, he kind of twings versus. A long what? Time. Time? As opposed to. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. Okay. Without a dope rhyme to something. What's the next line? <laughs> Without a dope rhyme to. Is it step, step two? two? Oh, it's a step two. Yeah, step two. Which is why Timbo says, Without a dope beat. Step, step, two, two, step, two, step two. Step two. Step two. Step two. Step two. Step two. Ficky, ficky. There you go. Okay. And then I got it. So we're back. Yeah. Um. So hey guys. From outer space. Nope. Hey okay. guys. This <laughs> is the Bougie and the Beard podcast with Ty and Jordan. Yeah. It feels good to say that again. I told you. Wow. So we're on episode yeah. thirty-three. We're just picking up like nothing ever happened. We didn't do anything in the last however long it's been since the last time we've done this thing. It's been what's this? Almost November. It's a week before November. So. Half 16 months? 16 months. Yeah. Um, all right. Quick update. No kids. No kids. Um, still got the dog. Still have Bailey. Um, still in the Bronx. Still in the Bronx. And we still work. Still work. New job for me. Uh-huh. Close to a promotion for me. True. Work. Close to a promotion for me. True. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Um, let's see. We've gotten more of our financial lives together. Word. We got I mean, money in the bank now. We got some money in the bank. Uh, I thought he was going to do one money in the bank, show you what you drank. But I oh, guess. Oh, yeah. You know, we got money in the bank. No. Wiggins, what you drank? Uh, what? A, a hot toddy and a, a bourbon mm-hmm. old fashioned. That's uh-huh. my drink. Cool. Old fashioned. I, I know of it. With maple bourbon in it. We just had that, so he's it's into it. Delicious. We're probably gonna have to cut most of this. That's alright, yeah. Um anything s- else? Nothing else, right? Um, we're still black. We got a new well, new job, new car. New car, new job. But yeah, the car point, the whip is dope. But for the people that know us, this is all old news. Yeah. So mm, yeah. That's it. Okay. So let's just jump into what we're yeah, gonna do. So we've decided we're gonna try to keep things a little bit uh, more streamlined for you guys, mm-hmm. barring that long opening. Right. Um, so we have a few things. We thought we would start with one of the underrepresented, less talked about shows on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the, I don't want to misname it. It's the Wu-Tang Clan, an American story. Saga. An American saga. Mm-hmm. 
And it is a Netflix original. Hulu original. Hulu original. Just mm-hmm. checking to make sure you were paying attention. I'm always listening. And uh, let's see. So the first season just wrapped um, on Wednesday. Or yes. The last, for us, anyway, we it ended. Yes. Um, kind of annoyed at the ending. Not yeah. annoyed. Let me not say that. I'm not annoyed at the ending. I'm annoyed that I have to wait to see what happens. Com- a very. I'm still waiting to see if it got renewed for season two. It's not officially stated yet. It had to. It didn't say that it got renewed yet. Okay, guys. Everyone needs to watch it now so that they can get renewed. Because when I say it's underrepresented or under-celebrated, it is. Yes. So this perspective is going to be... uh, We're going to get two perspectives. Because I did not necessarily listen up... Grow up listening to the Wu Tang Clan. I've never listened to an album. I have listened to, like, you know, Red Men and Method Man's album. But only one of them is in the Wu Tang Clan. Uh Whereas Jordan... It's my entire life. Right. So, two different perspectives, or two different, uh, yeah, perspectives works. Yeah. Being brought about this. Mm-hmm. So, what I will say is, having very little to no background on the Wu-Tang Clan, like, obviously knowing, like, the one-off songs, like, knowing Method Man's a big star, knowing, yep. hey, today, ODB, baby, you got, I got your money, uh-huh. all that kind of stuff, but right. not nothing... So you not know f- of the more popular exactly. members, but exactly. you're not familiar with the group like if you as ask a me collective. To name the clan, I could probably only name you about four or five people. Go right now. Okay, so Wu Tang. Wu Tang is not a member Hong, of the Wu Tang clan. It's self-referential. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so there's Riza Jizza. Two. Those that's easy. Uh-huh. Their names rhyme. Right. Um, Inspector Duck Method Man. There you go. Four. ODB. Five. Oh, Rock Kim. Just kidding. No. Raekwon. There you go. <laughs> the chef. The right? chef, indeed. Oh, Bailey's coming. Sorry, guys. No, he got her. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's still on the move. Okay. Um, that's six. You just hit Raekwon. That's all I got. Okay. Oh, did I say Method Man? You did. Mm-hmm. All right. So then there's also Ghostface Killer. Oh, right. Oh, I would never disrespect Ghostface. Right. Actually, that's a lie. I've listened to Ghostface album. You like Ghostface. I do like Ghostface Killer. I just never listened to a Wu-Tang Clan then right. as an album. But I listened to a Method Man album, I think. I've listened to Ghostface Killer's album um, from probably 10 years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Probably over 10 years. So I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you also have Master Killer, You Got, mm-hmm. oh, um, right. Capadonna. Nope. Those are the lesser right. successful. Right. And Capadonna's not really, he became a member later on in life. He wasn't. Was he jumped in after the fact? I more or less. Understand. Actually, more or less. Not like in real life jumped in. No. But, but like, he was always like, Wu-Tang Clan featuring Capadonna. Oh. But then he was, he became a member by Osmosis. Oh, After a while, okay. Well, um, Redman was always kind of like on the fringe, but yes. he never officially joined with them either. Right. But yeah, so that's your Wu Tang Clan. So, with your very mm-hmm. limited knowledge of the Wu Tang Clan, mm-hmm. how did you appreciate or how did you come into liking the show? I really, really enjoyed it. Um, like I said, not having the background on the Wu Tang Clan, I was concerned that I would be lost or bored. Mm-hmm. But it was a really compelling story from the first scene. Um, it was shot really well. Yes. Like, the cinematography on it is really, really, really It nice. is really beautifully lit and shot, yep. and the scenes look amazing. Yep, I like that. Um, I like that there's a lot of uh, family stories, like, or family dynamics at play mm-hmm. here with the different, um, with the different people and their families, and then the group becoming Collective, a family, so right. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what I mean, it's it was the time, but it's bumming me out all the drugs. Yeah, I get I get that it was the time, so I'm not like the, the crack eighties going exactly, into like the nineties, right? Yeah. So I'm not um, I'm not judging them for that. It's just them displaying what the time was. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, that sucks, but. Yeah, I, I think that the woman... I love that Maxine Shaw, attorney at law, is there. Hey. Obviously, it's not her as Maxine. No, but so, she's a very good character. Eric Alexander. Yes. Um, What else? It's... I don't know any of the characters. Well, we know one. Um, Bobby or Rizza. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Moonlight. Yes. But he was the teenager well, yes. in Moonlight. Uh, yeah, but... Oh, yeah. And we also know Raekwon. Shamik Moore. Right, Shamik Moore, because mm-hmm. he was in The Get Down. Yes. As well as... What's that? Dope? Dope, right? yes, indeed. Was he in anything else? That we He's in a couple of things, but those are his more notable ones. roles. Yeah. So, but other than that, I don't know any of these other people. You know some of them because they're some of them are current rappers. Yes. Um, but that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. So, what were your thoughts on it being a super super fan? Okay. So first off, I will consume anything Wu Tang. Right. It does not matter what. Like I was the kid that grew up. I played the Wu Tang Clan video game. Oh. Yeah, they had a fighting game. It was terrible. I can imagine. I played it, though. Of course. Um, I watched all their videos. I listened to all their albums. I listened to all their songs. Right. Never got to attend a con. I'm not a big concert person anyway. I like, don't I like absolutely people. hate humans. Yeah. So I would rather not listen to a bunch of music that I could listen to at mm-hmm. home. And so, you're around them and you're standing and then you got I don't And then like people get drunk and then nah. they dress all crazy nah. and they, they... Yeah, I'm not a big concert guy. Nah. However... I mean, there is nothing like the live experience, but I'm not. I just not for me. Yeah. But either way, um, yeah. So I basically am all about Wu Tang Clan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With that said, um, this show started, and uh, I'm not gonna try and spoil because it's still fresh. Yeah. So we so talk, we'll put that I guess in the show notes. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I'm not. No, I'm not gonna spoil anything. Like we haven't spoiled anything yet. Okay. But I'm just going to talk about just, like, the actors playing the characters. Okay, that works. So the actors playing the characters are very well done. Mm-hmm. So I love Bobby as RZA. Like, he's very good. You could kind of see, um, like, there are rappers who are in the show. Like, for example, Dave East plays Method Man. And mm-hmm. um, Joy Badass him. plays Inspector Deck. I do know him. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have some rappers that are playing roles of members. So it's interesting to see there's some scenes where they're rapping mm-hmm. and they have to kind of like capture the style of the actual yeah, members. That's pretty neat. It's pretty dope. And um, some of them are very well at it. Mm-hmm. And some of them, you know, the like the actors are better at being are better at imitating the rappers than the rappers are imitating the That's other rappers. True. So Probably like because ultimately a rapper is going to embody his or her own style mm-hmm. and it's harder to mimic somebody else's versus an actor whose job it is to embody, to embody that someone person else. and their mannerisms. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. So like for example, Dave East he has a deep enough voice for Met the Man. Right. And he has a deep enough, like, you know, flow for Met the Man, but his cadence is not Met the Man. No. It never will be. Like, every time he raps as Met the Man, I hear Dave East. Mm. And it is it is what it is. And uh, Joey Badass doesn't have a lot of scenes in the show at this not time. Not yet, yeah. Not yet. But um, it's still Joey Badass to me. Like, it's mm-hmm. not expected that. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, for example, like, um, the character the actor that plays ODB mm-hmm. is ODB. Oh, my God. Like, well, that's his son. No, it's not his son. It's not his son. It's not? It's just an actor. He's an actor. Oh, then, yes, he is yeah. ODB. He just play. He just plays ODB. Yeah. So sorry, it's, I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. It's not YDB. YDB oh. is yeah. YDB is it doing yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um. So it's really cool to see that. Um. The guy who plays Jizza, mm-hmm. 
sounds and looks and speaks just like Jizza. Like oh, really? Jizza to me has one of the more distinctive voices in the clan. Mm-hmm. So like even if you'd never heard of the Wu Tang clan or you know, don't yeah. really know who they are, mm-hmm. if someone plays a song mm-hmm. with them on it and I could point out Jizza anytime. Mm, okay. Right? So like other people you may kinda it might take you a minute to kinda get used to them, but Jizza has a very distinctive voice mm-hmm. and the actor is very good as him. Um what I didn't know that this show was going to be about, because I literally had no idea what this was going to be about Me until neither. it started. I just saw Wu-Tang Clan, Hulu, I was in. Right. Um, it's about them growing up and forming their group. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, we're musicians and blah, blah, blah. No. It's like they're more or less putting you in the world that they were in right. and the circumstances that led to them becoming mm-hmm. who they are. Like, yeah. it's a very narrative show. And, and that's really cool because... They could have done it like, oh, this is maybe our first year as a Wu Tang. Right. But mm-hmm. it is nice to see, like you said, like you said, the things that have pushed them in this direction. Who was an original music lover? Who? Because they really are all music lovers at heart. At heart. Yeah. But because they were growing up or doing this at the time they were doing it, there weren't as many opportunities to be a successful musician as there are mm. now. Like. They couldn't obviously self-publish. They couldn't. There was no Spotify. There wasn't anything like no. that. So it was really cool to see. Well, they were self-publishing, kind of, sort of. Like no, he's making his own beats. Demos, you know, you know, you're right. But I mean, it wasn't like I could just. But that was only for the people that are in their area, yeah. and then hopefully it gets passed to Brooklyn Someone or to Queens, right? It. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. it's going to be nationwide or international, right? So that's really dope. Really, really dope to see. Mm-hmm. Like, the, how much of the grind it was. Yeah. But then you also see, like, how, like, when they kind of get more advanced in the series. Yeah. Of how, um, like, when record labels do start recognizing mm-hmm. that whatever their contract deals are, they're pretty trash. Yeah. Because a lot of the times, you remember, this is the early, early 90s. Yeah. Hip-hop is barely 10 years old. It's a baby. And... Um, the general public still doesn't even recognize hip hop as like an art form of music. They right. just see it as like, oh, it's just that hippity hop noise. noise. You know, yeah. like it's not gonna last. It's gonna pop. It's you know, it's kind of like how people view, I guess, uh, trap from like maybe five years ago. Oh, it's just a bunch of noise. All these little, little, little peoples right. and whatever. Right. But these are the people that are moving the generation right now. Right. You know. So right. it's just like you get to see in the eyes of others mm-hmm. how they were viewed you know that's true well it reminds me of the get down in that regard Mm -hmm. because i mean but this is obviously after that yes but it was more like because disco was on its way out so everyone who was viewing who was viewing hip-hop was like what the hell is this Mm -hmm. and this is more like because i'm trying to remember the artist because at one of the showcases they did there was an artist that like opened up but he was who was it it was it wasn't eric rakim was one of them was it rakim yeah rakim was was uh, one of the, I guess, rappers that they saw okay. and got inspired by. But there was someone else. Remember at the the like the talent show thing or whatever. Yes. That the drug dealers put on. Yes, yes. There was someone there. Not Th- Eric B. Was it? That was Rakim. It was someone else. Oh, and, and uh, Roxanne. Roxanne. Roxanne Shante. They yes, were yes. together. Yeah, yeah they were there. there. Mm-hmm. So just, I don't know. It's interesting to see. It can like like. Because like if we if we're pretending like the get down was one point in time, mm-hmm. this is picking up maybe maybe ten years ten years after afterwards, that. yeah. Because the get down's like in the late seventies, early eighties. So it, it's really interesting to see the way that well, basically one to see that we're always moving culture and shaping culture because yeah. that's just a given. Mm-hmm. But 
that because it was so different, nobody knew what to do with it. Yeah. And then even in one of the later episodes when they were describing how they, how the labels had to like sign people who were able to make a lot of money in order to be able to sign the people that were less lucrative. So I'm trying to think of the example they used. I think they said, you know, for every... You know, Beastie Boys, who mm-hmm. were going to sell a lot of records. Right. That was that's what allowed me to bring on like a Rock Him, for instance, like or a like more, a Naughty by Nature, or a Naughty by Nature, like the mm-hmm. less the less well known artists that maybe are more real and gritty. Mm-hmm. They are on the label because the label is successful due to due to the mainstream act your Elvis Jays, your Beastie Boys, yeah. etc. So that right. was really interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes sense, and that's like kind of any. Um, industry like you're gonna have a loss leader you're gonna have someone that you just have there you know they're not gonna make you a ton of money but Mm -hmm. you know that you're gonna make money in other places right that was interesting Mm -hmm. what I also really enjoy about the show is how um, the characters are very vulnerable yeah. So this could have been a show nice. where it was just like, okay, the Wu Tang and we're immortal and right. you know everybody's no. great. No. Like you really see, like you know, like uh, Ghostface Killer, for example. You see his struggle, his family thing. Yeah, he's probably and one of my favorite characters. I like him a lot. Yeah. I mean, Ghostface is my second favorite Wu Tang member. Who's your first? My first is always Raekwon. Okay. Raekwon forever. Mr. Chef. Raekwon the Chef. So Ghostface is my second favorite member because of how his albums, like. His album, his earlier albums, especially, were very much like I grew up poor AF, mm. and I couldn't make it, and this is what mm. I had to do, and mm. we had to pour, you know, we had to pour water in the cereal, like that's the yeah. Method Man line, but it mm. still applies. Like mm. everybody had to deal with some kind of strife, and he talks about like his family, like mm. you know, his mother was a, was a alcoholic. alcoholic, his brothers were disabled, mm-hmm. and he had to be the man of the house. The pops wasn't there, yeah, so he had to be the man of the house. He had to do things that he maybe would not have wanted to do, right? And for that, it cost him a lot of you know, like he had to grow up quick, right? And he never really got to enjoy his life until later on in his life when he became successful. Right. Which is why in the like late nineties, early two thousands, Ghostface is walking around with gold what? birds on his gold, arm and shit. Gold you know what bird. I mean? Yeah. Because he's like, now nah, I got money and I can wall out. Right. And I will. You know, and like he became like the flossy dude of the group. Right. You know? Um so I like that. I like Rizza being like just so like the show's mainly about Rizza. Yes it is. Right? He's the main character of the show, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Right? And Bobby's whole journey is I don't think he's even Rizza yet. No, he's not I mean, Rizza at this time yet. Yeah. He's still Bobby, then he becomes Rock Prince Rakim. Prince Rakim. Like he went through I mean, if you know Rizza, you know he went through a million different names mm-hmm. before he settled on Rizza. Mm-hmm. And even with that, he has um a lot of different hands in different pots mm-hmm. because he's trying to do things the right way he's trying to he's really passionate about music mm-hmm. but everyone keeps telling him that it's not going to work yeah. but then he keeps like bucking the trend he keeps doing his own thing when he finally gets to a point where people are recognizing it they're like no we don't want your music yeah. you're going to do our music right and and then he does he does and, and it's like, not actually, him actually it's not working actually it's not going to work like, out duh so now we're at, you know we're at the point at, towards the end where he's starting to really become his own person. Right. Um, so I like his story. I like um, we spend more time with the three main characters that we really spend time with is Bobby as RZA, mm-hmm. um, Dennis as Ghostface, mm-hmm. and um, Raekwon. Yes. Who we I think he's still um, Scorpion or something like that. I do not know. But um, we spend more time with Raekwon as well. The there's every, a million characters. There's a million characters, but they're more like no, they tertiary. Are. No, they are, but it's just like 
when I was first watching it, because I have no context for pretty much who anyone, who anyone is, is except for Method Man, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is mad niggas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's, that's the Wu-Tang Clan. I know. Well, I told you that when I was... Um, when I was in the gym that day mm-hmm. and I was it was like 9 a.m. and I was just looking at like Good Morning America or whatever and I just saw a million oh, yeah. a million yeah, yeah, yeah. people on stage uh, yeah. and I'm like there's a kid it was like the revival stage. album yeah, yeah. And, right. and I was like mm-hmm. it's not even 10 o'clock why are there that it's many like, then I was like oh it's Wu-Tang Clan is 9 deep it's nine deep. Good you know what I mean? But it, it's Clan it's, is an understatement. Clan indeed. But yeah. it's a great show. If it you, is. you should get on it. It's not what whatever you expect it to be, it's, it's not, not that. It's better it's better than what you think it's gonna be. Yes. Um so yeah, it is it has very sweet moments, it has funny moments. You're you're right. I do like that um the guys are vulnerable because it kind of with the with the um knowledge of like toxic masculinity especially thinking mm-hmm. about it in rap music yeah these guys aren't toxic Mm-mm. you no. know they're just they're young but even to say that they're they're young they haven't had a chance to be toxic yet i don't get that sense i get that they are doing their best the their circumstances they were dealt aren't ideal mm-hmm. so i love that it doesn't one it doesn't romanticize but it also doesn't like vilify them right. it just shows them as real men or real young men trying to Make it. Trying to figure out what the hell they want to do. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. Definitely recommend it. Let us know what you think about it. Word. Okay. Moving on. Mm Mm-hmm. Do we want to move to... (sighs) Let's talk about... We're not going to spend a lot of time here. No, we're not going to spend a lot of time. So we're going to talk about... Uh-huh. Um, an actress recently who dropped an M-bomb. So we'll talk about Gina Rodriguez, yeah. right? So this happened to me about two weeks ago. Maybe three weeks Maybe ago. Maybe three weeks ago point. at this point. But, you know, it's been 16 months. So yeah. Catching up, exactly. whatever. True. So um, Gina Rodriguez, she goes on, I think, on Instagram post or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't even know. She was getting her makeup done. Yeah, like she's in hair and makeup or yeah. something like that. And yeah. she's listening to a song. And her song, it's a they say, song. it's a Fuji song. I don't even remember. Yeah, friend niggas give me heebie-jeebie. Oh, got you. Yeah. So she says that. That's what she said. Sorry. And she says niggas, right? Right. Okay, cool. His Jim Rodriguez, Puerto Rican, Hispanic. Okay, bam. Right. Cool. Right. However, However, people got out her. Right. And the reason for that is because Gina Rodriguez has historically been someone who's been kind of sort of expressed anti-black sentiments. sentiments. Right. Maybe she's not anti-black as a person. But she sort of talks like someone who is. She, and not mm-hmm. all the time. Right. To me, it seems like she... She so let me start by saying this. I was not offended by her using the word. Neither, neither was I. I'm just more like you tend to pander when it suits you. Yes. So you're down when you're down, and you're not when you're not. Mm -hmm. And that is probably my biggest issue with um, people using the word is you can take this off or not be bothered with it when you don't want to be bothered with it. Like, you get to have all the cool parts of blackness and use our slang and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you want to go back to identifying as whatever you identify as, you can literally just walk away from it and none of the struggle has to follow. And distance yourself away. Right. Yeah. So, um, I don't remember what interview it was. It was a Sway interview. No. Who was she sitting with? Who was she sitting with? What do you mean? It was her. So, it was her and a black woman. Mm-hmm. Talking about oh no that sway thing was the those the cryology, Ugh, so she was talking with 
I, I, it was like a kind of like a a junket almost kind of like a kind of like a I think it was like a women's oh deal mm-hmm. and I don't recall who she was sitting she was with. sitting with but she was like it's important that we advocate for a black woman basically the 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 person she was with said mm-hmm. and then Gina was like oh, all women. women and the woman was like black women right um because that whole all women matter thing mm-hmm. <laughs> is very similar to all lives matter like Mm -hmm. there need to be distinctions between when when women are supporting each other but specifically when black women need to be held up supported and protected right um and i and gina rodriguez i get the sense will use whatever what i want to say she will align herself with whatever's popular in that moment and that is kind of the issue that i take with it so she's like a hype beast Yes. Okay. She's a hype beast. So with my issue, mm-hmm. my issues with it was I saw that um, conversation that mm-hmm. was had, was a, and then I, I it was a few years ago. It was a, maybe a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and then her cry apology on the Sway show afterwards, <laughs> where the classic tears with dry tears. I can't be racist. I can't be racist. Like, it's impossible. I did this and that, and and I can't stand that. No. I can't stand it when someone who gets called out mm-hmm. for their I don't know maybe ignorance maybe it's maybe it's on purpose but who gets called out for what they say and as opposed to just like taking it in and saying well you know what maybe I have some things I should work through right or maybe there are some underlying things that I need to work or you know talk about or right. discuss with myself or right. whatever it becomes don't beat up on me right. because I did this thing or I said this thing because right. I here's my excuses for it exactly why why won't you guys just let me be down I'm so down I'm definitely down mm-hmm. if you just tell me you're down that much you're probably not you're probably down. not down you're not and like like you said when someone says a statement mm-hmm. like when um that woman I, I wish we remember her name when she said you should look it up when she said um you know like we need to hold up black women mm-hmm. and then like she meant what she said yeah she so didn't misspeak. like if she wanted to say we need to hold up women she would have said i need to hold up women right so just like whenever someone says like white people are x or white people are that yeah and someone else goes not all white people right but i said what i said right don't try to take away the meaning of my words because you felt like a hit dog. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if it doesn't apply to you, then it doesn't apply to you. Let it fly. Right. But if you're going to feel a way about it because maybe I said a statement that you didn't jive with because you felt taken by it. Oh, it was her and Yara. Yara Shahidi. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, right. So, and, next... There, sorry, I'm reading, Um, I think, the root post of this. Uh-huh. So, there was a two, uh, 2018 Junket interview with Yara Shahidi where she All Lives Matter, the interviewer, who pointed out how Shahidi is a role model for black women. Mm-hmm. So, then Gina's like, all women. Right. And no, no. She I meant a black women. For black women. Yeah. So, that's, that's where that was from. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, there you go. So... Especially when you're talking about it to Yara. Yara's not going to let that slide at all. Well, no, Yara didn't say... So no, no. I mean, like... said it to, to Yara. Yara. Gina went to the interview. Well, she's a role model for all women. And the interviewer was like, no, she's an, she's a role model for black women. And Yara okay. just sat there probably like... Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so that, that is that. how that shook out. Gotcha. So it's like, it's okay... I don't know. That That is kind of like the... Back to that all lives matter kind of thing. It's like... Why can't she just be a role model for black women? Yeah, she may be a role model for all women, mm-hmm. but because 
Yara is a half black. She's black and Iranian, so she's a black and brown woman. Yes. If black women identify with her in a strong way, there's no need to say that she also is here to represent all women. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like when somebody is like given a baton or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. and. I'm taking a baton for my team. Right. But then, like, the whole country wants to jump on my back. Right. And say, oh, we'll take it for us as well. Right. That's but that's, I'm running for me. Right. And I'm running for these, you know, three people that I'm supporting. Right. I can't run for millions of people. Exactly. That's not what this is for. And it's fine if you identify with me, my run, but mm-hmm. my run isn't for everyone. Right. Like, if you identify with it, great, but just know that ultimately I'm not running for you mm-hmm. because there are so many other people who do run run for for you you. yeah and that's my thing like we we are allowed as black people we are allowed to have our own things yes and i know they look cool and i know they're awesome and i know you want to be down but you can't be down with any everything and you could be down with a million other things that existed before we had our little thing for just us and that's the thing that gets me upset the most about certain things. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Mm. But, like, when, let's say we come out with a dance. And we come out with something. Yeah. We do a dance or whatever. It goes on. It goes viral on Instagram. It goes viral on Twitter. It goes viral wherever. Yeah. And then somebody tags Ellen. Right. And then Ellen <laughs> takes it. Yeah. And they put him. And they, they put that person it. on the Ellen show. Yeah. And they put them on display. And yeah. now they're out Joseph. Right. And then the dance becomes so popular that now it's in Fortnite. Right. And now it's on white spaces. And yeah. now white people are doing it and now it's to the point where it's no longer our thing and we've since moved on from it we've moved on from it and that's the and that's the sad part is that like i like dabbing it's the easiest thing to do i I still dab to this day but it get it got to a point where everyone everyone was dabbing dabbing. but that's so yes i completely agree with you and that's kind of the way this is in a cycle so the way that i kind of treat stuff like that is okay I will no longer say Hot Girl Summer because mm-hmm. everybody and their mother is saying Hot Girl Summer. Because now they got, you know, the, oh, it's going to be White Girl Fall. Right. Or, or whatever the fuck, hot, right? Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say Hot Girl Summer anymore until it's played out and white people forget about it and then I'll be able to bring it back. Right. So that's how I feel about dabbing. Dabbing mm-hmm. has been... Running. Dabbing is dead. Dabbing is dead, but because no one else is doing it, now I can do it because white people aren't doing it. Yeah. That's how I treat it. Because now guys. white people have moved on to the world. Exactly. exactly. Stuff. So they can have that mm-hmm. because we have our little time with it. They yeah. get it. We move on to something else and then when, if there's something specific I want to circle back to, I'll I will circle back, back to, to it. it afterwards. That's a good way That's my tactic. It. That's not a bad thing at mm-hmm. all because I, I do that sometimes. Right. Like I, I'll do like a fake little Millie. Yeah. Because I'm. Because Millie, I cannot Millie. Right. I am terrible. I'm super stiff. I'll never give up though. Yeah. I'm because keep the trying. one day that I get it. One day is one day is gonna be smooth. Right. And I'm gonna be like, oh, I got it. <laughs> right. And then everyone's be like, Yo, Grandpa, what are you doing? Exactly. Man? But that's fine. That's our right because mm-hmm. as people who live who are black who live the black experience, if I want to be shamed for being the old old lady i mm-hmm. can as opposed to being a culture vulture right so let's circle back to the n-word now oh, that's the original <laughs> discussion which is no no but right. it, it, it all kind of make it all kind of falls did. into here mm-hmm. now you have people and this is my experience as a gamer mm-hmm. right plays games oh, online wow. mm-hmm. i play call of duty i play nba 2k i play all these games online so i encounter all kinds of different cultures and stuff i watch gamers on youtube and stuff like that and the biggest issue that I have with when people like to say nigga mm-hmm. is that a lot of them don't really know the root of the word. Mm-hmm. And I can't be mad at that because history doesn't necessarily teach people the root of the word. Wait, in wait, in wait, this who, sense. Who, who in a sense. Time out. Who 
doesn't know the root of the word? People that aren't American. I don't believe that. I do. And here's why. And here's why. So, like, yes, the slaves happened, slave trade. We all know all about that. We all know about that as far as American slave history and what it did and how it diminished us. And we know a little about the Richard Pryor specials and we're taking the word back and Eddie Murphy and we're taking the word back. And we know all of these things, right? We've lived through this history. Someone that lives in fucking Scandinavia is not getting educated on American slavery unless they're really seeking it out. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't what, disagree. What, no, I disagree. No, but here, disagree. hold on. Let me I finish. I disagree because American slavery, slavery is part of world history. Not I'm, our world of history. Of course it is. I'm not saying that it's not. Mm-hmm. But you even have, like, I'll give you even a stronger example. We have textbooks in our own country that says that Africans immigrated right. to America. I so I can't that. tell you that someone in Scandinavia isn't reading that same textbook. Fine. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is that the thing that drives culture, like we said, is black people. Right. We drive culture. We cultivate it. We expand on it. Right. And we popularize it. Right. So when hip-hop, which is now the most popular form of music in the world, right. is full of people saying nigga, mm-hmm. and my nigga, and you're my dog, and you know what I mean? So like now... The word is a term of endearment, is the way that it's been used, right? Mm-hmm. In at least in popular music, mm-hmm. uh, even in movies, you mm-hmm. could watch any movie that has black people talking to other black people in it, and if they say "nigga," it's usually not in a contemptuous way, yes, right? But that's recent. Not necessarily recent. It's recent-ish. I feel like there are so many more older movies mm-hmm. where there were um, where the word was used, and if you're not going to say that. The fact that, like, I'm thinking about specifically South Africa. Okay. They're not saying nigger, but they're saying their version of it. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. So my point is, every country, if there are black people there, Mm -hmm. has their version of that word. True. Sure. And, like, so even when I went to Argentina, they didn't say nigger. um, Because there were no black people there. Mm -hmm. um, Except unless they were Brazilian. That's a whole other story. But what they did say was... Negro. So, like, everybody's pale. If you were a little bit brown, not even brown, if you had, like, a little bit of a tan or you had, like, a darker color, like, maybe you weren't blonde, you had dark hair, your Mm -hmm. skin wasn't, like, super porcelain, we'll say, Mm -hmm. they would say negro, black. Mm -hmm. So, my thing is, every single country that has, not even, because Argentina doesn't have black people, so every single country has their derogatory term for black. Mm-hmm. whether it's nigger or close to nigger, that exists. So I don't believe that these people don't know what that means. Okay. And they've interacted with too many... I feel like they've, they've, you're able to interact with too many Americans now, like, in, with, the, with the internet, mm-hmm. that you wouldn't know what that means. And if you heard that word, you'd probably look it up. And see what it meant. You know that people are looking up nothing. No, no, anymore. Americans don't look anything up. People mm-hmm. outside of other and other countries are much more educated than we are, and much more likely to try to figure out what something means. I can't say I'm not going to disagree with you yeah. in that sense, but I can't say that everyone's going to be in that same vein, especially someone, especially someone who is young and impressionable in you know a different country. You know why I know country. that's BS? Why is that BS? Because where was it? Was it Aesop Rocky? Where was he? He was in somewhere. I think Sweden. Right. Okay. And what did they call him? I don't know. 
I, I don't. I honestly didn't I'm really realize. Sure they called him the N word in Sweden, and that's when he got into a fight and was scrapping with them. Gotcha. Okay. All right. You but know what I'm that's saying? That's like one example of it. It's one yeah. Sure. I'm not. I'm not saying that you're not. I'm all right. Okay. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that what you're saying mm-hmm. isn't true. Uh-huh. But I'm saying that I don't think that is as widespread as you think. And maybe what I think maybe may not be as widespread as how I think. I think that there are definitely middle paces as well. Where either you've heard of the word, you know what it means. Or you've heard the word and you don't know what it means. Or you know what it means when you say it. Or you know that as a certain definition of it. So you may not know that nigger may have been a derogatory term. You may know nigger to be a term of endearment. Or you do may know that nigger is a derogatory term and you use it in that way. It Honestly, the point that I was trying to make mm-hmm. ultimately is that we create culture. Mm-hmm. We influence culture. Mm-hmm. And then others try to use our culture to benefit their own cool factor and their mm-hmm. own clout right, right? right yeah. so when they do that mm-hmm. we have a we have like a it's a weird relationship that we have with our own culture like mm-hmm. you just said we might create a dance or we might create a lingo or a slang or something that we will use and we like it and we and it starts to catch on and yep. it goes viral and yep. stuff and once they take it mm-hmm. and they use it mm-hmm. we're like well we're done with it now yeah we're moving on to something else yeah the one thing that has never been let go of is nigger. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing, the one word, the one phrase, the one term that the world has never just said, yeah, I think we're off that. You know why? Why? Because the things that we create, we are going to get off of it because they have it. But they started it and we took it back. Yes. And now they're trying to like take it and we won't give it up. Mm. I think that's why. Like everything else we do organically, like we created dances, we could put we we cornrows food yeah uh, door knockers like all that kind of stuff yes and when we do it it's ghetto when they do it it's high fashion Mm -hmm. but nigger is something that they created they use it as a derogatory term and we took it back so maybe there will be generations where they won't use the word anymore Mm. but i use it i use it too right so i don't and i don't know if i would ever stop using it i probably won't stop i don't think i will there's times where i police myself on it yes because I'm like, I got to watch my audience or watch yes, my surroundings. definitely yeah. have to watch my audience. And I definitely sometimes get too comfortable and have to realize that I can't say what I want to say, even if I feel like... It's going to be a natural flow. Right. Yeah. So that I have to curb myself on. But I think... I don't think that'll ever... I think that'll probably always be a war that's fought. Yeah. Because there'll be people who don't ever want to hear it. And I respect them not ever wanting to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, like black people that never want to hear it. And that's fine. And we'll never use it. And I respect that. Absolutely. And, I, and if it makes them uncomfortable, I won't use it. I won't use them. it. Yeah. But I think it's one of those things where because we didn't create it, we've just been like, no, this is ours. Run that word. It's ours now. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, because we started it. So we want to be able to keep saying it. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. That yeah. I think is always going to be a thing. That's what I kind of think that. That's what I think that is. Okay. Because there's nothing else like that. That's true. You know, there no is one nothing else, else there's like nothing that. else like yeah. that. No one else is battling for, yeah. you know, like, whoa, or whatever. Like, no, mm-hmm. no one is fighting that. Right. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that, yeah, that's the case. That it's some, <laughs> somebody else created. We didn't create right. that. They're like, how, how dare you take we it back? We tried to like, recreate it. Yeah. It's ours now. So mm-hmm. with that said, mm-hmm. here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. Who sh- can mm-hmm. say nigga? Black people. Black people. Mm-hmm. Exclusively black people. 
So for me, so I think there's levels to this. Okay. And I think it, and I am not the, uh, uh. The nigga police? That. <laughs> <laughs> not the po-po-ho. Right. No, I'm not the, I'm not the, like, final say. Because each individual, and that's the thing, like, I feel like when people give others permission to say it, just know you have permission from, from that, that person. person. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. Let's like, keep it yeah, a buck. Right, exactly. Yes. It doesn't matter what I, I think. I literally went through that in college mm-hmm. where there was this white dude and he was saying it and every time I was in his shit, mm-hmm. like, yo... You are not going to say that. that yeah, but he said I could. No, but I no, said you I can't. Said you can't. So you're going to pick your battles. Right. Either you're going to say it around me. Right. And we're always going to have an issue. Right. Or you're going to know that if you see me, you can use other words. Right. So that is kind of my point. So when people say, oh, who can say the word? You need to ask. This is on a case-by-case basis, fam. Mm-hmm. There's no way for me to tell you that, well, Ty of the Bougie and the Beard podcast mm-hmm. said that, right. you know, if I'm an ally that... I, people be like, I don't know fuck who tie in. I you don't can't care. say that. That, yeah. that may be what you get. And that's it. And that's their right. Mm-hmm. So for me, black people can say it. Yes. With, across the board, regardless mm-hmm. of where you are, because obviously we get a pass. Okay. Um, for me, it depends. I was gonna, for, and I think my feelings have changed. When I was younger, I think I felt a lot more open to other people saying it, or not. I wasn't didn't feel as much friction mm-hmm. when other people said it. But now. I'm just like, I don't really want y'all saying it. Yeah. I don't want non-black people saying it. Mm-hmm. Afro-Latino people sometimes can say it. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. But because I don't have like, well, when's it cool and when's it not? I just feel it. Sometimes yeah. I don't feel it. I'll say this. Mm-hmm. Rapper Logic. Uh-huh. He's half black and half white. Oh, he Logic. I thought you meant... I was, I thought the you meant, Rapper Logic. I thought you meant... I'm using no, Logic. No, no, no. I was like, okay, what's the... No, I meant Logic the, the rapper. rapper. Okay. <laughs> logic Logic the Rapper, who's half black and half white, and if you didn't know, he says it in every song that he's ever put out. Well, we've right? joked about that. Like, That's, what if he's... Well, no, no, no. What if he's actually 100%, 100% white? 100% white? Yeah, I know. That's always been my thing, right? So, but, <laughs> like, he has, like... He has... 100% Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has very, very dominant white features. Right. Right? Right. He says it a lot, mm-hmm. and I always feel uncomfortable yeah. when he says it. Right. And I can't, and it, it's hard for me to say. If you're a white rapper, you can't say it. But, like, that's the thing. He will tell you, I'm biracial. I'm biracial. I'm biracial. I'm, I'm biracial. I'm probably going to come out with an album called I'm, I'm biracial, biracial at I some point. I want to see his ancestry dot com or ancestry results. Yeah, like his fr- his twenty three and me's. Because I don't believe it. Like it's just like it's hard for me to take because, that from him. Because even black rappers don't necessarily say it all, all the, the time. time, and he says it a lot. I feel like he probably says it for, and I don't I don't listen to him like that to mm-hmm. know. He probably partially says it for shock value. I think that's like, it too. Listen to my white voice. My white say voice say word. like I sound so much like Eminem. Right, it's like I'm if not, Eminem ever said like, the n word. Right, exactly. Like Eminem could never say it. Could never. I don't care. He's don't one care. of the best rappers in history. But he could never ever, utter that out of his mouth. Ever. He will get molly Ever. So if we feel that way about like Tommy can never say it. Tommy, for if oh my god. Right. If Tommy Tommy from Power. See? Like, and not even like the actor, right? I I mean, mean, like, Tommy Tommy in the context of the show. Tommy Egan. Tommy Egan in the context of the show. Even if it was, like, the last word he said, I bet you watch the series finale of the show. Let's say, and this is, I don't know how it's going to happen. Let's say Tommy gets on his deathbed. He's about to get murked out. And then he goes, 
Ghost, you was always my nigga. I am flaming. Stars, well, 50 Cent, well, whoever is in charge, they are getting the angriest letters, letters calls. I am finding where he lives. I am setting fire to his house. On site. And he I cannot know, say that word. And I know way too many people who... Tommy is super down. I love Yo, Tommy. Yo, Tommy's my dog. So right. No, he's not. He's your dog, but he will never be your nigga. nigga. Right. He so, can't. So if Tommy from Power mm-hmm. and Eminem can't say nigga, yeah. nigga, yeah. my nigga, none of that. None of that. Your ass can't say it. Fucking. That, if that gives you any. That's how I feel. That gives you any kind of context. Tom Boylan on Twitter right. can't say nigga. No. Not at all. No. You can't do it. You can't. So Sorry. it's just, it's just, yeah, That's why it's, at. it's rough. It's rough out there. Cool. Cool. So we kind of talked about culture vultures. Yeah. We can now transition into, um, oh. not, uh, the Joker stare situation. So yeah. as you guys know, or I'm pretty sure we talk about it all the time. We're in the Bronx. Yes. Jordan is from the Bronx. I'm from Queens, Bronx but we native, got married. Born and raised. Moved here. Fine. So mm-hmm. we're, we're in the Bronx. I've been here five years right now. Still don't claim it, but I'm here. Right. Uh-huh. So, I have not seen the Joker movie. Probably won't see it. Um, I still haven't seen it either, and I will. I just don't know when. Well, I mean, I'm not going to pay to see it. I'm probably not going to pay to see it either. Um, I'll wait for it to be on something. Yeah. But, apparently, and I don't even know if I've seen these steps. Have I seen these steps? We have never driven by these stairs, no. So, I have no idea where this even is. Mm -hmm. So, this is definitely your wheelhouse. Okay. But, I haven't even read any of the articles. I just know that everyone is highly upset. Yes. That... Apparently, uh, there is a, a, a well-known staircase in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and um, it looks, from what I see, extremely perilous, yeah, um, super dangerous, yeah, in the best of conditions. And then you're telling me that people don't salt or ice it, or salt salt it no. when it's snowing. Not at all. Which Why like would a they? Lawsuit. And then you were like, lawsuit. Who are they suing? Are they and suing? I was like, ah, the, the city. You no. didn't seem convinced. No. So anywho, these iconic stairs exist. Where are they? Uh, 170 in High Bridge area of uh, the Bronx. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to know one of those streets. Yep. So, Joker thing was shot here. So, now we have people from outside of the Bronx coming here to gallivant up and down these stairs mm-hmm. for photo ops. Yes. Now, like I said, I don't I don't have any ties like, to the Bronx like that. So, I don't feel uh, like territorial or proprietary. Mm-hmm. Uh, not proprietary, but you know what I mean. I don't feel a particular way about it. But what I don't particularly like in a general sense is being a tourist attraction mm-hmm. because people people have been turning up their nose at the bronx for ages even Forever. i in the same breath will turn up my nose at the bronx even though i live here yes but it's different when people who don't live here uh-huh. <laughs> turn up their nose, <laughs> their nose. Yeah. like i can talk shit about the bronx because i live here you sir don't have the right right to do so no um actually side note i didn't tell you this but i'll tell you this now because it's kind of funny and i'll get your genuine reaction okay so take a cab home from from work after eight because i can so the guy was like oh you're going to the bronx i'm like yeah mm. he's like a, a nice lady like you i'm like bruh what right i'm like yeah so he's like oh okay so we're driving or whatever. We get close. He's like, "Oh wow, I bet the, huh, I bet it's pretty pretty busy here in the summer at night, huh?" <laughs> and I'm like, 
yeah, you know, kind of. Uh, He's like, okay, how long have you lived here? I'm like, about five years. He's like, okay, well, you know, you just be safe out oh, there. Oh, wow. Right. So oh, the he whole, was nervous. He was shook. I don't know if he thought Sheesh. I was going to jux him, if I was planning yeah. to jux, but like. He probably thought he was a Mona Lisa. I don't know what he thought. And that when you pulled up, right, you just said in Texas, everyone was going to ante up his ass. Right. So. I so so what so here's what I want to say before we get further into this story. Uh-huh. So before I moved here, um, I did think the Bronx was like that. I did because that's all the media that's coverage all the media. you get, right? Yeah. Like, oh, it's so dangerous. Da 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 da. Don't mm-hmm. don't leave your doors unlocked. Whatever you know, whatever the case may be. Don't don't, don't drive through there. Yeah. The area we're in is meh. It was pretty... It was fine when we first moved here. It was very, very quiet. Uh-huh. And it's, your mom's area is so quiet. I mean, it, well, My now, mom's area got way better. Right, right, right. So I feel fine in her area. Mm-hmm. Not so great here, but that's... This is recent. Yeah. So, the but the attitude that people have about the Bronx is that it's a war zone. Mm-hmm. And it's not. What I think is the same gentrification that was occurring... That occurred in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and forced people out good people and undesirables out is happening here yep so the uh, quote-unquote undesirables and people who can't afford to live in the south bronx anymore are being pushed further up north yeah so you have good people that are being pushed up north and you have bad people because in any in any neighborhood white black asian whatever there's good and there's bad people there's people Mm -hmm. who are doing well there's people that are working there's people that aren't there's people that are there are struggling with addiction whatever we're just in a situation where those people are now being pushed up because of gentrification in the South Bronx working its way up. Yep. So, I say all that to say with these stairs, if you were scared to come to the Bronx before the Joker movie, maybe you should still be scared. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I don't know why you think, like, what wasn't good now, but now that now shit is sweet. All of a sudden you want to come here. Right. Why yeah. is shit sweet now? So anyway, that's my two cents. Like I said, that's all I can mm-hmm. really say about it in a most general way. Okay. How do you feel being from here and all the shit that the Bronx gets? All right. I'm going to need Especially a Especially from Brooklyn. I'm going to need a minute. So, first off. All right. Um... Those staircase, yeah. that staircase is notoriously dangerous. It looks dangerous. It's, it looks like sheer. It's like a sheer com- rock face. It's complete <laughs> terror. Yeah. And here's why. That High Bridge is notoriously a dangerous neighborhood. Cool. It's a lot of gang activity, a lot of drug activity, a lot of activity. Cool. Right? It's a dangerous area to be in. Cool. So people, growing, like growing up, mm-hmm. I didn't live near these stairs, but I always could see them from where like my, my grandmother's um, mm-hmm. apartment was. Mm-hmm. So I knew of these stairs. And they're actually not just those stairs. There's a couple of stairs along that area like mm-hmm. that. But the 170 hybrid stairs are notorious okay. for their length and their danger. Mm-hmm. Right? So, a lot of robberies, shootings, stabbings, mm-hmm. sexual assaults, everything. Mm-hmm. All that happens there. Okay. Um, what When this movie came out, when the first one, the trailer came out, and I saw him on the stairs, I was like, oh, the Bronx is here. Oh. Cool. We, we lit. Mm-hmm. Right? I immediately recognize the staircase. Of course. Okay, cool. Movie comes out. I still haven't seen it. I don't know what the significance of these staircases right, are like, in the movie. Take place in the movie. I'm pretty sure that there's a scene where he's like, I guess he's becoming the Joker wow. or whatever, mm-hmm. and like that's like his awakening. I'm mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. Right. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But the staircase is like a scene, mm-hmm. right? It's not even like like a major thing in mm-hmm. the movie, mm-hmm. right? Now the issue that I have with um, 
all of these people coming to visit mm-hmm. is not the fact that they're visiting. I have no problem with anyone visiting anything. Right. Especially because you saw it in the movie, like, like you know, people go to visit the Full House House in San Francisco. Or the People Rocky go stairs. to visit the Rocky Stairs. Mm-hmm. People go to visit the landmarks that the make an impact. Chicago. The Bean in Chicago. Sorry. Or whatever, right? <laughs> so... I have no issue with that. Mm-hmm. My issue is when the articles that came out mm-hmm. advertising the stairs. Oh, you won't believe that the these staircases are is a the staircase is a real place and it's located in New York City, right? Uh huh. So a lot of those publications are notoriously white, yes. right? When those white order North um every time, uh, every time. Right. when those white um publications came out with the articles about the staircase and where to visit them, mm-hmm. it never outlined the fact that this is a dangerous neighborhood, mm-hmm. that this is in an area that is um in flux, that mm-hmm. has always kind of been painted as like a bad area to be in, mm-hmm. and I and I know that just from living here, right? right? There are places you go, there's places you don't go, right? Just in any hood, in any hood, right? That's what that is, so. My issue was when those publications came out and tried to make it seem like this big, nice, jolly adventure Mm -hmm. for you to come to and take your Instagram pictures and your TikToks and Mm -hmm. get your clout and do that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, a lot of other people are talking about, oh, it should be about putting money in the community. I'm like, damn that. That's not going to happen. You're not going to come to the Bronx and go to the stairs and then go to a bodega and get chopped cheese. That's not going to happen. My biggest issue is that... It influences these people to come in mm-hmm. and use our, you know, use it as a tourist trap mm-hmm. or as a tourist stop, mm-hmm. and not reckon. And it's it, it's um irresponsible mm-hmm. that it's not uh, telling these people of the real risk that they're taking by coming here. Right, like the Bronx doesn't have a lot of white people in it nope. in general. It doesn't. So we have a saying mm-hmm. in the hood that someone looks like food. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. When I see someone that looks like food in the neighborhood, that means that you you're you easily a you're a target. You, you can get robbed. Mm-hmm. I can get money off you. I can get whatever I want off. In of California, you. it would be a oh, or in the Bay Area specifically, a punk ass mork. A, a punk ass mork. <laughs> I do a mork ass buster. I, I don't believe a mork ass buster is the same. I feel like a punk ass mork is one that looks like food. Well, mark is food because right. that's a wrestling term. Right. But, and a circus term. But a mork ass buster is probably just a lame. That's okay. the thing that I get. That's fine. Those okay. of you from the Bay Area who hear me butchering your slang, mm-hmm. let me know if I'm right or wrong. Mork. Mork. So, all right. So, yes. So now you're bringing a bunch of people here that look like food mm-hmm. that are going to get eaten up. Mm-hmm. Right. And now when that happens, what's going to happen is and what's actually started happening is like, I think yesterday, a couple of days ago, there was a video that came out of like this Asian kid getting egged egged up on a staircase. And my thing, my reaction to that was it sucks for him because he's not even from this country because he posted up a Facebook post afterwards. Mm -hmm. And and, um, I think he's from Korea, I'm sure. But he was like, I will never visit America again because this is the treatment I got. And I felt bad for him. Honestly, I did because it's like. Like, he didn't ask for he that. He had no idea. He had no idea. And that's the problem. Right. Is that the people coming here have no idea of the risk they're taking. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it's okay that this neighborhood is dangerous. Right. It's obviously not okay. Right. But if you're going to direct people to a location, Maybe you should give them a heads up. Like, even fucking Waze. Yeah. When you're driving, Waze tells you, hey, man, you might want to lock your doors when you're passing by because this neighborhood is kind of sketchy. Really? 
Like, not like that, but like they'll tell you like when there's a cop warning and stuff oh, like oh, that. Oh. They'll be like, look, man, that's a speed trap, fam. Right, right. You might want to slow down. Right. Like, they warn you about the things you're about to get into. Mm-hmm. These publications should have some kind of disclaimer. Like, yeah, look, but man. That, that almost sounds discriminatory. I don't, and think, I don't me, know if they could do it. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you could do it or you couldn't do it. What I'm saying is that even if you did it, mm-hmm. the fact is that you're sending these lambs out to slaughter, mm-hmm. basically. And the people come here. They come to the area, and then you know how Whitey gets down. Mm-hmm. They come to the area, and they do their whole little Snapchat, mm-hmm. Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok shit, or whatever. Oh, look at me, smilesies, and all that mm-hmm. stuff, or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then immediately afterwards, they trash it up, right. like, further beyond what it already has been. Right. They trash it up. They destroy it. They mm-hmm. fuck it up. They mm-hmm. try to take over it. And then once they get here, mm-hmm. now... All of the areas, they're going to come through. Oh, wow, this rent's really cheap. Oh, wow, yeah. this stuff's really this. And right. oh, wow, this stuff's right. really cool. Maybe we could put a Starbucks here because yeah. that will attract more of these motherfuckers to come. Right. All right, well, maybe we could put a Starbucks there and then we'll put a Whole Foods here and then we'll put a Whole Foods there and we could fix up these buildings well, it, and then kinda, gentrification happens. It kind of makes me wonder if this was shot. So, okay, gentrification is about money. Yes. Right? It's about money being poured into neighborhoods that previously did not have access to the the income or the money that was that was there. Mm-hmm. So this makes me wonder. One, we know that the Bronx is being gentrified. We already know. It's we started. know that it's already started. Like mm-hmm. th- it, this started well before the movie. Yeah. But it does make me wonder if because because the people that know the Bronx are being gentrified are one the developers that are pouring money into the into the city mm-hmm. and the people that live here yeah okay but people who are outside of that if they either don't have money or they don't live here they don't know that that's happening so was that some kind of like signal to let people know that it's safe or it's starting to get safe enough for you to come here Maybe not from the movie. Maybe not from it being the movie being filmed here, because they were like, "It's Gotham City. Gotham City is the most dangerous city in comic book history." Mm, so that's understood. not what that was about. Okay. The movie making that a location was just literally about the gritty and the visual of gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. And some some locations, Scott was like, "Whoa, these stairs look fucking crazy," because <laughs> they are fucking crazy. Right. So they filmed a fucking crazy man on jumping crazy on these stairs. fucking crazy stairs mm-hmm. and getting hit by a fucking crazy taxi later on in the movie. Is that what happened? That was in the trailer. Okay. He's like dancing on the stairs, and maybe about a cut later, he's getting hit by a car. And I don't know if that was the same scene or if it was the scene that led into that yeah, scene. I don't know if that made it to the cutting room floor. But my man we'll got mollywhopped by that car. Okay. But either way, like, what happened here is that now that you created these articles mm-hmm. in your BuzzFeeds and your HuffPo's and your whatever, your Time Out New York's and all mm-hmm. that stuff, you created these articles describing the joke quote joker the stairs. stairs they're not joker stairs which is never the name of them they're just, just they're just the stairs and that is colonizing in action yeah because you can't rename something that already that had already a name. had a name you they're literally Columbusing it now right you didn't discover it somebody on facebook i think they like facebook has like landmarks they made it a religious landmark now in facebook because it's like, oh my god, the Joker, it's this movie is so fucking great. Those are the stairs right there. Religious landmark. Let's do it. Oh, and you know, that's the same shit with the Raid Area 51 thing. It's just like a bunch of 4chan motherfuckers thinking that they can come together and, and unite and make some coalition about this thing. So my biggest, my issue ultimately becomes, it's not about the tourism it's about the people... And I can't even call it tourism. It's not tourism because they're not here to put money here. They're not even tourists. They're just cloud chasers. Yes. 
That's it. The hype beast. They're the hype beasts. Yeah. So my issue is them being directed here without being given a sufficient in warning context. and context about one, these staircases, mm-hmm. and two, what their real risk is by coming here. Mm-hmm. That's like me going to Chicago mm-hmm. and wanting to visit, I don't know, the some pizza side, mm-hmm. some, some pizza shop in the South Side that has this great stretchy cheese ass pizza. Right. But you're not telling me that it's in the middle of the most dangerous neighborhood in, in Chicago. You but know what I'm saying? But to be fair, see I don't know. I don't know if they should issue a warning. Because just because <clears throat> That is like just because. So we were in, we were in Baltimore last week, right? Yes, we were. Baltimore is rough. Rough as fuck. It's pretty rough. Golly, it's, no matter where we went, right? Pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Pretty much like the Bronx. It was pretty yeah. much just going t- into uh, the Bronx of the South. It was like the Bronx of the South, yeah. Right. So I didn't. Sorry, feel, Baltimore, but it's just it's, how we they felt. Know what it is. Yeah, I um, felt really comfortable. I'm not even gonna lie. Right. Like, I knew how to move. Exactly. Now, I... <laughs> I shouldn't know how to move in your hood. Well, but I do. Yeah. But I didn't feel... What I was... I didn't feel comfortable, but I don't necessarily feel comfortable here. I felt the same level of discomfort that I feel here, there. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel any more uncomfortable there. Yeah. Does that make sense? I know what you mean. Yeah. I felt like... I have to keep my blinders open. Keep your eyes open. That's how I felt. Right. When we went to the, to the CVS, and I was like... You're like... I'm like, are you going to wait here? You're like, no, no, no. No, we're going inside. We're <laughs> going like, in together. I'm like, I'm getting hair products. You're like, yeah, no. I know. I'm going in there with you. No, we saw a dude buy lean ingredients in 7-Eleven. He did buy lean ingredients in 7-Eleven. And it's the most innocent drug purchase you can make, honestly. Right, it's like, it's cough syrup and Sprite. Right. But then he started mixing it before he left the store. I'm like, ooh. I'm like, oh, sheesh. Right. So, why did I bring that up? Baltimore. Baltimore. Why did I bring that We up? were in an area we weren't familiar with. Right. No one... No one needed to tell us to be careful. Mm-hmm. No one needed to tell us, oh, be mindful of this, be mindful of that. Because to me, it's more about common sense. So I think the reason that we felt at least some semblance of comfort there is because we knew to be respectful. Yes. And that is ultimately what it boils down to. That's what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. I don't think they needed to put anything in there saying, oh, this is a dangerous area. Oh, watch your back. Because that's kind of common sense. Mm-hmm. I think it was more so people who are typically not respectful of other areas anyway yeah coming here yeah like if we like if we went to like in baltimore we weren't disrespectful we were like ah this town is crazy oh, right. oh snap let me take a picture in front of these bullet holes not that we're bullet holes you know let me take a picture in front of this like we drove by out. we drove by a neighborhood that looked like the wire right you know what i mean Where's and it's it? not like oh let's go in exactly. and find the wire right or and, let me get out of here and take a yeah. picture in front of this right uh, uh, wire right. Gang. You know, it wasn't like that because mm-hmm. it's respectful yeah. Like so, regardless of how rough an area may be or how dangerous an area is, I don't think it's on quote. It's the the onus is not on the publication to warn you. It's on you to be a to responsible, respectful person when you mm-hmm. come to an area. This is true. That is what I, the boils That's down true. To. That's very true. Yeah. That's very true. But then, then, and then now on the opposite side of that mm-hmm. too, like you see, like. A lot of these people that come up mm-hmm. to these neighborhoods or whatever come up because they've seen it in something or they've right. heard it in something right. and they think, oh, man, wouldn't it be so dope right. to get a picture there? Right. Like, you get a bunch of white people 
going to Marcy Projects to take a picture in front of the Marcy Projects houses wearing Tim's and Yankee fitted right. because Jay-Z mentioned it in his song a bunch of times. Right. He didn't mention it in his song for you guys to come visit. Right. He mentioned it in the song because those that's were his, that's from. where he started from right. and that was a hard place for him to grow up. Right, like we didn't pose, you know, in front of the wire, the, not the wire, in front of those PJs mm-hmm. with freaking, what, AG boots yeah. and sauce. Right, exactly. <laughs> AG boots. <laughs> You don't even know anything about Baltimore. I do. I do. <laughs> Just like a jar of mambo sauce. It's like holding a jar of mambo sauce. And what the hell? And an Oreos hat. And an Oreos hat and a crab cake? Like, the hell? Cake in one hand. Mambo, mambo sauce, sauce in the other hand. AG boots. AG boots, an Oreos hat, and a Ravens jersey? Yeah. yeah. Wow. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. No, right? thank Jesus they, we didn't right. do that. Because we... We, we would have got shot. We would have been marked. That would have been it. That would have been yeah. marked as busters. Yeah, that'd have been it. Damn. You'd have been snatched up. So, that all I'm saying is, if you want to see things, if you want to go to landmarks, do so. But please be respectful. Be respectful. Be respectful. This isn't me um, condoning you throwing eggs at people either. No, that's not okay. You respect human life. Yeah, that's not okay. And However, what right. I will say is that that man is lucky that that's all that eggs. happened. Because he could have got eggs with lye on them. Ugh. He could have got water balloons with bleach in them. Ugh. He could have got... Stab. He could have got shot. He could have got robbed. He could have got violated. Like these are things I that don't know that area. Right. But to me, this almost sounds like sensationalized. But I. But because I don't. Even, but I, because I don't know it. And I'm, I'm not, not even saying that. Cause I'm not even saying that to sensationalize it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that because. These are things that I knew of that area growing up. Now, what does it look like today? I haven't been there in a while to say, but I know that High Bridge is still a very dangerous area. area. So I'm not going to say that that stuff is stopped, Mm. but but what I'm going to say is that those are the risks that you run when you go to places that you're not familiar with, especially when you're going to places that you're not familiar with and you're ignorant to doing the research on them. Right. Like, that's like, like, you had a bunch of articles, maybe, what was it, earlier this summer? Mm-hmm. Go in the DR, you go and fucking get murdered yeah. in, yeah. in the um, all-inclusive if right. you order liquor. Right, right, And right. it's like, but, okay, what research am I doing about these places? Is it a specific place? Right. But no, let's condemn the whole country. Right. That's what this becomes. Now, people throwing eggs at this man is a shitty thing to happen to it him. Is. And now what happens is, oh, don't come to the Bronx because then you'll get fucked up. Well, right. I mean, but that's what people believed about the Bronx before. If it keeps repressing. It never, it never wasn't a, a, um, right. a thing that people believed. Right. It's just that now because this movie came out, now the Bronx is put on this big pedestal, pedestal and then not even the Bronx, right. just so these stairs. The quote unquote drunker stairs. These stairs are put in this big pedestal. Right. Like, the thing about it is that we've seen gentrification happen in our cities, or mm-hmm. not even in our cities, yes. It, but yeah. in our neighborhoods. Yes. Well, where we've seen Brooklyn turn. Yeah. We've seen Brooklyn turn where Brooklyn is the most jolliest motherfucking place in the city at this point mm-hmm. where you can't even afford a, a studio apartment by yourself right. because the rent is $3,000 a month, right. right? We've seen Harlem change. Yeah. Harlem, Harlem was is, first. Harlem was the first thing to go. Yeah. 
And once they started putting Whole Foods in Harlem, mm-hmm. and they got rid of the Pathmark, yeah. and they started changing up all of these, um, you know, like mom and pop spots mm-hmm. to like these bistros and these gastro pubs and shit like that. <laughs> that was it. Once Brooklyn went from having, you know, like like once the stadium got once there. the stadium got there and pushed all those people out, yep. and now we put a fucking Peter Luger's there, mm-hmm. and we put a uh, um a whole mall in there, mm-hmm. and then we started oh, yeah. putting a whole bunch of little bistros and. Yeah. Artisanal mayonnaise shops and shit yeah. there, and Smorgasburg <laughs> and fucking ramen burger and all of this other shit. Once we started doing that to Brooklyn, Brooklyn was lost. Yeah. So now when we came to the now we have the Bronx and the Bronx is the next thing. It's the last bastion. It's the last bastion of the hood in New York, where we had the South Bronx, which was notoriously dangerous. The yes. South Bronx, the South South Bronx. Yeah. Right. They said no. Let's not make this the South Bronx. Let's turn this to the Piano the district. district. And let's make it so that we have a bunch of these Bronx pub breweries yeah, and stuff pop up. Let's call it Sobro. Let's call it um No Bro. Yeah. Let's call let's let's build a whole new Yankee Stadium. Right. And put a bunch of st- they rejected the shit out of all of those little things. The, the one the one thing that got off was Concourse Village. Mm-hmm. Concourse Village went up and people got it moved in there and that's dope. But all of those like restaurants and bars and stuff that was around there are still around there. Everything that was around that courthouse is still around that courthouse. Yeah, they tried to change that concourse mall for decades, and it is still. You could still go into the concourse mall, go to the movie, and smoke a bunch of weed, and they ain't gonna stop you. That's like, for now, though. That's for now. Because the thing is with with gentrification, right? Here, a few tactics, a few tactics that they're gonna use. Mm-hmm. One of them is they're going to let's say their plans don't work. They're like, okay, we want to put these things in. That doesn't work. Okay, fine. What we'll do is we'll we want to kind of push more crime or make it seem like an even worse area so that people are more inclined to move to out. To move out. So then what we'll do is if we the more people we can get to move out, that that property becomes available, we can buy that. Then mm-hmm. what we'll try to do is we'll try to raise property taxes for any people that do currently own here that they, they get priced out. Yeah. So while the first tactics may not have worked, the Bronx is too lucrative of an of an area. Like uh, f- the the business they're able to put in here is going to be too lucrative for them to give up. Mm. So they're going to find a way to make it work. It right. just may take longer, longer than it took in Brooklyn. Mm. And honestly, we don't know how long it took in Brooklyn because it could have been Brooklyn going wasn't work for years. Right. It that I know. Right. Mm. So. And they probably had to take it a neighborhood at a time. They yeah. probably wanted to move much faster than they did, but mm-hmm. they just couldn't. So it will happen. You, yeah. I know it's happening yeah. because in our building, when we moved in, I think we were paying a thousand flat. Mm-hmm. Now we're up to ten fifty eight. Yeah. If we were to move in like today, apartments for a one bedroom are seventeen eighteen hundred. Right. Two bedrooms like twenty three twenty four hundred. Right. Our building is not renovated. No. So that's just telling me that there are there when they're trying to price out new people who may be trying to move here mm-hmm. and they're trying to attract people that can in theory afford to move here or are willing to have two or three roommates to live here. Right. Because the Bronx is just as close to Manhattan as Brooklyn is from Manhattan. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, mm-hmm. it's an outer borough, but it's not as far as Queens, where you're yeah. going to take a bus to the train. You you take a train, 45 minutes max. And you're in, in midtown. midtown. Yeah. So they're not going to give up on that. Um, what I will say is, and the reason we went to Baltimore uh, is because we are looking to, or we're, I'm doing research on investing 
in our neighborhoods Mm -hmm. because gentrification is when people come in they fix up the neighborhood and they price us out so if we can buy up the neighborhoods and and invest in the neighborhoods and renovate things and control who lives here we get the benefit of all the nice amenities without being pushed out and that was kind of the purpose of going to the baltimore event because they were there were a lot of black real estate investors there just talking about it and that kind of thing it felt really cool to be there it was really cool. Like, yeah. I've been doing, if you know me at all, you know I've been doing, like, tons and tons of research on real estate investing and just learning about it and, like, what makes sense and pricing and stuff like that. And, like, do I invest in New York? Do I invest outside of New York? All that kind of stuff. So I've been dragging Jordan along, kind of kicking and screaming. Yep. Um, because to him, if it's not, well, to you, I should say, because you're sitting right here. Yeah, I'm right next to Right. Us. It's boring because it's boring if you can't see things in action. I feel like when I tell you things... If they're theory, you're like, that seems cool. Yeah. But when we walked in there and it was nothing but black people of all ages, mm-hmm. we were being taught by black people. They were owners. They were they were telling us all their strategies. I think that kind of changed your perspective yes. and your perception of everything. So I'm saying that to you if you are listening, dear listener. Word. If you have the funds or even it, it's free to Google it's free to learn about this kind of stuff. I think it's important that we do that so that we don't have another, um, we don't lose the Bronx or we don't lose Baltimore, we don't lose Chicago, Detroit, yeah. um, all these different places to gentrification. Do your homework. Yep. Get all right. There. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us on episode 33 of the Bougie and the Beard podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see if we remember this. So uh, you can follow see. us in many Ooh, places. Golly. We are on Instagram. Let me actually check. Wow, it's been a very long time. It's been a long time. Our bad guys. How professional are we? Mm. Um, Let's see. So we are on Instagram. We are as... What's our Insta? Bougie and the Beard. Bougie and the Beard. Bougie and the Beard. Ha ha. Bougie and the Beard. I used to say the parts. Oh, you did? I didn't know. Do you remember them? Uh, somewhat. Instagram. Instagram. Twitter. Bougie and... Beard, I think. And then Bougie and Beard, because it was too long to say. Beard. And then we are on uh, Facebook. Facebook at Bougie and the Beard. Bougie and the Beard. And then Gmail at Bougie and the Beard at gmail.com. Hey. So hit us up. Let us know what you think. We miss you guys. We're going to be better, we promise. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk to you soon. All right, later. <laughs>